Hello and welcome to the Marketing That Matters podcast, casual conversations for purpose-driven women. Each week we'll talk about what's grabbed our attention, productivity hacks making our life easier, and chat about a purpose-led brand. What got my attention this week is a research paper from the Journal of Advertising. Now it is from 2018 and it's titled Engagement with Social Media and Social Media Advertising, the Differentiating Role of Platform Type. Why these got my attention is I find most people lump social media advertising into one big category, but advertising on each different social media platform is so different. We see a lot of clients and they feel they need to be on social media and they think that that is one term and it's not. They're Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever social media platform you're looking at, they're all very different and why you should be using them for different reasons. The main aim of the study was to examine the relationship between social media engagement and social media advertising. The analogy I like to use with this is some people look at social media as an an umbrella term, like they would TV, and they think that every platform under social media is like every TV channel, but it's not because you engage with and consume TV channels the same way, but you don't engage with and consume each social media platform the same way. So that's why this article was really interesting. I'll read you something from the discussion. As each digital platform offers a unique experience, this experience carries over to the advertisements placed on that platform. Thus, to a substantial extent, the platform determines how an ad is evaluated. This finding has important managerial implications. It suggests that social media advertisers must select the right social medium for their brand's purposes to enhance the effectiveness of their interactive advertising programs. Social media applications come and go. New applications appear almost daily. Because advertisers simply cannot be active on all digital platforms, selecting the proper platform is important. The current results provide advertisers with means to assess whether, what and how to advertise on which platform so that a decision to advertise is motivated by should rather than could. Do you agree with me, Alicia, that you find a lot of people feel like they should be on social media, but don't consider what platform they should be on and why, and they just think they should be on all of them? 100%. And I think this article was so interesting as to what I think we as just users know versus what we look at it from from an advertiser point of view. Why would you jump on Pinterest? Why would you jump on Facebook? Why would you jump on Twitter or LinkedIn? We know it as a just a user, what we do on them. But then for some reason, as an advertiser, they get lumped in as the same as the same medium, social media. So I think this article really brings about that what you do on them and what the ad is there to serve. Yeah, exactly. I think they were quite um, harsh in the article, actually. They said um, that to speak of social media as one umbrella term essentially means to lack a fundamental understanding of the field. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I read that. I actually loved where they said that social media shouldn't be called social media anymore. It should be called topical media. Yeah. Because we're not social on there anymore. It's no. not. You're not social. You are, you literally are going on there for certain information on topics. That's where you're, you're seeing the, the best um, results and where, why people are going on there. Um, I'll read you something. It said, information has a presence under topicality, staying up to date, under practical use, seeking out useful tips and ideas, and under stimulation, trend-related information. 
Thus, while the study suggests that as a separate dimension, information is no longer driving the use of the platform that we examined, this by no means suggests that information has lost its relevance. It lives on as a subdivision of many other dimensions, sort of meaning that the the type of tips and ideas and um, trend-related information that are on each platform is where you've got to fit your brand. Yeah. It needs to be topical and but informative in the right space. Yeah, and I think that's where people are falling down. They're not really thinking about what platform suits their brand and why. They had some really good um, examples in here that people should be looking at. Um they said carefully aligning platform character with your product type, your advertising goal, and your advertising message. And they, they had a good example. For instance, engagement with Twitter is obviously very, very topical and very current. So focusing on quick updates and useful information. So if you're a brand where topicality is really important, like say probably a news brand or something that stays up to date with current affairs, that Twitter is a must. But for advertisers who are unlikely to value that for instance you're a a beer yeah beer, a beer product or a wine product twitter's not that important because no. it's not that topical for- yeah i i agree i was really interested though because this is an article from 2018 where's tiktok yes i know i'm sorry and <laughs> I, I know and i did think of that when i when i put it in there but they had pretty much every other platform mm. and the discussion they had around how people are engaging with those platforms are still relevant although the engagement probably differs a little bit for something like Instagram where stories are more prominent now whereas they weren't in 2018 uh, they were still there but not not as important I agree I think um, my recommendation then for a business if you're looking at how you're using topical media I'm going to call it that now than social media um, I would have a read through this article jump to the section where it literally summarizes each platform and look at whether your company or your brand ticks could benefit from this. And if you were just on one of these platforms for the sake of it, but you're actually not giving in that space, get out. Get out. <laughs> yeah. And put it into the the platform that you are actually contributing to. A hundred percent. I there's nothing that annoys us more than people who are on a platform just for the sake of it, or who are advertising on any medium just for the sake of it, mm. just because they feel like they have to. If it's not relevant for your brand and you're not contributing any value there and you're not seeing any results, then don't be there. Don't waste your time. Put all of your eggs into the basket. That is going to work for you. So what's got my attention this week is a podcast podcast um, philosophy with Tim Minchin. Now, this podcast was released on philosophy back on the 10th of June. Tim Minchin is an Australian composer, lyricist, musician, comedian, actor, writer, producer and director. He's the composer, lyricist of the Broadway musical Matilda, which went on to become one of the most critically and popular successful musicals of the last 20 years, winning more than 85 international awards, 16 for best musical, including a record seven Olivia Awards and five Tony Awards. Tim was honoured with the Member of the Order of Australia, AM, for significant service to the performing arts and to the community on the 2020 Australia Day Honours List. So Tim Minchin has definitely um, had his fair share of input into the community and the, um, the performing arts sector. Um, in this podcast, um, he really challenges those that simply do an act of activism and move on to the next thing and back onto not worrying about it. So what I liked about this was it 
he he just brings uh, to the table what I'm seeing a lot of brands do, um, where he he talks about people will post a picture because it's relevant and um, or post something on social media because it's relevant, but then not actually do anything about it. And I just liked I liked his um, he he's referring to his own brand, but I liked his way of explaining why he doesn't jump to the party on every single topic and everything that I suppose he gets hit up about, he chooses when to have a voice. Um, So I'll just give you, I'll just read something he says in the podcast. My ability to affect change relies a bit on me being sensible when I raise my voice. I could affect no change on the planet because I'm just a dickhead songwriter, but I can do some stuff and I have had reasonable results in fundraising and highlighting issues in the past. If I raise my voice every time there's a progressive issue, then it just becomes diluted and I become a cliche. I also go on. I also go, is what I'm doing going to change anything? I don't sign petitions that are going to fall in a bucket of petitions. I don't tell people to donate to things that are probably already overdonated. You know what I tell people, and my phrase has been for the last six months, flatten our curve to our response to things, Tim Minchin. So Jade... What did you think of this podcast and Tim Minchin's outlook on this? I was listening and going, yes, yes, yes. Um, I was someone through the – he talks a lot about the Black Lives Matter movement as an example of this, and I was someone who was in has the same perspective as him that I've seen a lot of people post things on social media, and although that's great, I'm also thinking, okay, well, once you've posted that, then what are you doing? Like I, I do feel like social media gives people um, – a platform where they can go, yeah, I've done something, but posting something, I don't feel like you can call that action. I don't, that's, it's not going to generate any change. So I a hundred percent understand where he's coming from. I do feel a little bit sorry for him. I do feel like he's a little bit jaded in, like he did sound like he's copped a lot of criticism in the past for things that he's raised his voice about, which is a bit sad because you don't want people to feel like they shouldn't be doing that. I feel like we expect more from celebrities though. We expect them to do more and, and say more. And especially, as he refers to himself, middle um, white, middle-aged man. It's just, he's this, unfortunately, he's the stereotype of what all of these um, minorities go against. So he, yeah. he, and he understands that his brand isn't necessarily aligned with some of the brands that are obviously um, having their their moment in this and, and, and getting a lot of... Um, and discussion behind them, but he is definitely um, he definitely is sensitive around how he talks about it, the issue, and tries not to make sure make, tries not to put his brand into their brand. Yeah, I think it's good that he generally has a defined purpose, like he knows the causes that he's going to speak up about and why, and he doesn't just put his name to everything. And that's really refreshing to see. I think we were talking about the other week about celebrities putting their name to anything because they can make some money. Um, but I do, I do wonder if we expect more from celebrities and even more from bigger celebrities. And it's almost unfair for us to expect that because you can't expect them to be a voice for everything. No. You should only expect them to be a voice for what they're genuinely passionate about. Yeah. So I was thinking about this, of course, in relation to brands and when they stand up, when they don't, how do they pick what they do talk about if they're not, if they're not talking about a conversation, is it a missed opportunity for their brand to be 
seen to be progressive or at least be compassionate, especially when it's a huge topic and possibly the brand has does um, feel that they want to acknowledge the topic, but they're not doing anything about it. I was thinking about how a brand could could um, could still leverage their marketing in a way not, and that sounds bad because I'm not trying to say they want to profit off um, a movement or um, activism, but how does a brand be part of it? It goes back to the old traditional um, cross promotion. So back when I was at Channel 9 as a junior marketer, we cross-promoted the shows. So we would have our TV show. So say, let's say um, Farmer Wants a Wife would be cross-promoted on, on radio, on um, uh, in the papers. How we can now in the time of social media, how brands can be a part of um, a discussion is cross-promoting with ones that are actually doing something. Yes. See what I mean? So you can actually find out a brand that is making a difference in that space, help them. Yes. Use your give them Give, give them, them your voice, give essentially. Them your voice. Yep. A few celebrities did this, actually. They uh, A few celebrities, US celebrities, mm -hmm. gave over their Instagram accounts to Fantastic. some... some uh, this was to do with the Black Lives Matter movement and gave their voices to some of the people who are speaking up in that space. Yeah. So gave their platform and allowed them to do, you know, lives and yes. stories and things like that. It's exactly pretty much the same thing. Brands yeah. should be letting smaller, maybe non-profits who are doing the work yes. utilise their, their platforms Agree. and their audiences. Agree. Yeah. So just be quiet, <laughs> you know, be quiet. Let the... Don't talk about your brand. Help point, be the direction, like help move and help make a difference by pointing them where they need to be. Yeah. Pointing your, yeah. 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 Showing your consumers who's doing the work yes. and, where you and, and letting them speak for themselves. Yes. Yeah. The brand we're talking about this week is Coles. Most of you will know Coles as the Aussie supermarket. They've been around for over 100 years and they actually opened in 1914 in Collingwood. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. There's actually several brands in addition to Coles Supermarkets. They've got Coles Local, Coles Express, Coles Insurance, Coles Credit Cards, Coles Personal Loans and Coles Mobile. And for those of you who don't know or haven't seen him, Curtis Stone is the brand ambassador for them and he's an Aussie chef and he's been with the company for about 10 years. I thought their defined purpose was around providing value to Aussie families um, they're obviously Australian based, but providing value seems to be their, their core purpose. What did you think? Well, then I found a press release that said, literally quoted the CEO saying our purpose is to sustainably feed all Australians. Sustainably? Yes. So I understand that's their providing value to Aussie families. Maybe that's their positioning line. But then in, their, in his words was, our purpose is to sustainably feed all Australians. However, that wasn't on their website. It wasn't like a, you know, a purpose statement. That was just in a press release. Yeah, well, I suppose, yeah, their purpose is sustainably feeding all Australians. They do that by providing the value. Sure. Yeah, yeah that's it's one of the, of the ways, yeah, Agreed. that they do it. Because if they weren't providing value for their families and they couldn't afford it, I guess. Agreed. Is, is the way. Um, I think... Obviously, being a large brand, they do a lot of four good things for the community. Mm -hmm. um, but like you said, if their purpose is to sustain, I'm not sure how they're doing it in terms of 
obviously providing value is something they say they do. They don't show us behind the scenes of how they do that. None yeah. of their advertising, uh, other than prices are down, they're not really showing us. Wouldn't you maybe show us behind the scenes of how you negotiate with suppliers to get their prices? You know, things like that. I feel like they're not showing us exactly how they're doing that. They're just saying that they are. Mm-hmm. And as a big brand, they're expecting consumers to trust them on that. And I think for a big brand, for people to trust you, just for you to say something is very, very hard. Yeah. I th- Look, they are, I think... Um they're trying, like they obviously know they need to put um, what they're doing for the community at the forefront and whether or not it's being actioned accordingly because I had to dig to find the 10 points of what they're doing and look, half of them um, I can see is, is spin, you know, but there are some there are some good points, but then, yeah, whether or not that's being pushed out to the everyday person, not the person who's searching for media releases on Coles. Um, their latest campaign I wanted to touch on um, is Value the Australian Way. I don't know if you saw this, um, but it's celebrating the role it plays in sustainably feeding all Australians and helping them lead healthier and happier lives. Um, it was done by DDB Australia. Um the the way they the reason they the way they went about doing this is they actually did a survey of like five thousand five hundred shoppers. So I don't know if this is therefore um, trying to help look into how they add value because they did this survey. It wouldn't be hard for them to do a survey because they've got all the con- you know the the flyby. Uh, oh, they've got all the flyby contact details. Yeah. So imagine how many people got sent this survey. I would say it's a lot. And then they've got 5,500 back, they're saying. And this is what the campaign was based on. What the everyday Australian considers value in their sh- from their supermarket. Um, and it says, our research shows Australian cherish sharing a meal with friends and family and they want to support Aussie farmers, food producers and local community. At Coles, we're committed to helping our farmers and fishermen produce ethical and sustainable food for all Australians so we can con- continue to be part of Australians' lives for many more centuries to come. And then Curtis Stone um, says it's proud to be part of the Value the Australian Way campaign and says the Coles Australian Kitchen Census, they're calling it, shows how much Australians have in common when they think about cooking and mealtime. So I love how they've, they've, shown, they've, they've threw in the ethical and sustainable food for all Australians into their latest campaign. Um, doing the Kitchen Census is trying to relate their brand to the everyday Australian. They Isn't definitely <laughs> got the emo- emotional connection, but I thought the same thing. It felt inauthentic. Yeah. It didn't feel – they're trying to get a, an emotional connection, and I can see that, but it definitely fell short for me. It didn't feel real, and it felt a bit transparent. And the other thing I wanted to mention is I was reading an article with Curtis Stone that he uh, did with Good Food, and because I, a lot of their advertising is around this, um, you know, no added hormones in their meat and things like that. Yeah. And he's the face and he's saying all this. Yes. And I look at that and go, yeah, 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 whatever. Mm. He said, I started out as I started out as the face of the campaign and then I did another one. And then I started talking to the CEO at the time and challenging him on sourcing and a bunch of things. Eventually, he was given a role they call fresh food advisor. In eight years, we've taken the hormones out of their meat products. We've moved all of their poultry to an RSPCA program. We took the soy stalls out of their pork production. 
So Curtis has obviously had a bit of a hand in some of some of the things they've has done. He? Well, <laughs> or is, is he, he lying? Out? Maybe. Um, but I look at that and I just went, oh, he's just the face and he's being told to say yeah. what they want him to say. And I looked at all that and just thought, oh, they're just spinning a few things. But behind the scenes, it might be more authentic than where it's coming across. But I just feel, again, as a big brand, we're not trusting them. We're just assuming that they're telling us what we want to hear and they're not actually taking the action on these things. I know. And maybe it's because we're too close to it. You know, we can shop in Coles and we can see the weight. We can see how they're not, they're not sustainably like functioning business. It's not. And there's thousands of them across Australia. So they should, if, if this is so important, it should be pretty apparent to the consumer. They shouldn't have to be doing advertising campaigns, throwing in the word or having Curtis Stone to say those things. We should just be experiencing it, shouldn't we? Yeah. Well, I, I feel like if they were truly trying to be sustainable, they wouldn't be doing the Coles minis and things like that. Do you know 100%. what I mean? I, uh, I think this media, the media release particularly. Not everything is obviously aligned with their purpose, just the things they want, want it to be. A hundred percent. And where that, and look, they've got money. They've got great marketers, great look. They've got DDB behind them. They will find all the elements of the brand that is sustainable and put that at the forefront. Yeah. But And they'll hide everything behind. Yeah. So like on this media release, it says um, 2,000 products of theirs, like Coles products, have the Recycle Me logo on them. 2,000? Yeah. yeah. And how many Coles products do they have? Yeah. yeah. But also, like... And so can you tell me that all of those products completely, do, you know, are the are the best are made so that they break down in the environment? It just, it's just not enough. And I think that was so funny. That was like one of the first points on their, on the media release. Like, you know, why, why say that? I, I don't know. I'm being a bit pessimistic about this, I think. Um, yeah, look, and, and I think there are some things like, you know, they're doing a telethon family festival soon in WA, so they are providing value. I'm assuming that's free. If they have to pay for it, they're not providing value to Australian families. But I feel like we're probably asking too much for them to be doing this in every aspect for such a big business. But, again, I do feel like as a big business, they should be making some drastic changes to be doing those things and showing people that they are. A hundred percent. And it goes back to what we were saying about if you genuinely believe in your purpose, the content comes naturally. Yeah. So what I'm saying here is if you genuinely are doing these things, you wouldn't have to do a kitchen survey, would you? You wouldn't have to do a kitchen survey and ask the 5,500 people that responded to your, to your survey monkey. And um, tell them what they want to hear. And tell them, you like seeing, you like having family and you like having dinners together. You like having barbecues. Great. Then we'll make it, we'll make an ad with, it went on to say all the different touch points, but, but why not just actually show us your genuine change to make a better future for Australia and the, and, and how you're putting into action. But they're, they're asking, what do we want to hear? I can guarantee you that obviously sustainability and ethical practices is important because it obviously came up high in their survey. Well, then instead of showing everyone barbecuing, show the sustainable and ethical ways you're moving the company forward. Maybe I need maybe I need to take a bit of a deep breath and <laughs> move away from the Coles brand. And come back to you. <laughs> yeah.
My tech hack this week is using the dictaphone feature to write texts or emails. It's obviously been there for a while. People are probably rolling their eyes at me right now. But I was always too shy to use it. Um, like I always thought someone was like listening to me talking into my phone. <laughs> um, I've started now um, and there's no going back, except obviously if my kids are asleep on me, I'm not talking. Um, but if you don't know where it is, it's in the bottom right-hand corner when your keypad's on your phone and you just press it, talk into your phone, and it'll interpret it into the words for you semi, semi well. I've been finding it working quite well. My tech hack is recording your meeting or conversation on an app called Otter. So it's O-T-T-E-R. You can download it from the App Store for free. This transcribes your meeting. It is absolutely genius. You do never, don't need to um, take down furious notes anymore. You can record your whole meeting, go away, and then take grabs from your meeting um, that is already transcribed. So this is fantastic if you're doing social media content and you need to grab quotes from a conversation with someone. It makes, it, makes your life a lot easier and you can get word-for-word quotes. That covers it for this week. Make sure you leave us a review or follow us on Instagram at Marketing That Matters Pod. We love a chat. Thanks for listening to the Marketing That Matters podcast. Mm-hmm.